Good morning. Okay, so we are going to finish this topic today. We're talking about building houses, shh, renting houses, what kind of houses, etc. Um, and we talked about uh, how to buy a house. What to? It could have, you know, there's I think it's, it's financial advisor. I had all these people come to me, like random people. Rabbi, I listened to your shir online. Great financial advice. So I felt like a, a financial advisor at that point. Like when I could be like, what's that, what's that, what's that magazine for like the people to finance? It's not Forbes. It's, it's Fortune. Fortune, I think. Fortune is like, it's not, it's not, it's, it doesn't, it's a different, uh, it's not the Economist, which I get the Cosden report with, or it's not, it's not Forbes or anything. It doesn't really have, once in a while I've seen that magazine, it doesn't really have any good, good advice for real, serious investors. It's not Barron's or Wall Street Journal, but the Fortune, it keeps like, how did I keep your house? How did I, a little, how did I have a little fortune? How did I make sure you pay your bills? So, uh, you know, about uh, overextending yourself. And of course, on a spiritual level, what a house which would have from a mezuzah to how you consecrate a house, etc. Then we started briefly at the end of last week. Um, what a real house is. And I, and I mentioned um, that, you know, the famous story that Necha Golding who was a uh, big supporter of Torah in America in the 1920s uh, in, in the, in the early, for, for, and earlier. And she'd support these, she, 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 didn't give to, she didn't give to American institutions, but the family, the Golding family, gave a lot of money to yeshivas in Lithuania. And one time she went to visit the Chavetz Chaim, you know, to visit the Chavetz Chaim, who was the greatest age of, the, of that time, really, really probably the greatest sage of the 20th century, uh, so he, had to, he was in a little shtetl off the beaten track, and she finally got to the Chavetz Chaim, and she gets to his house. You can imagine, you know, it wasn't uh, Trump Tower or anything. So it was a little house in, in a little village in Lithuania with almost no furniture, and she asked the Chavetz Chaim, where is your furniture? <laughs> She went to visit the Chavetz Chaim. He said, "Where's his furniture?" He said, "I'm just passing through." And he said to her, "I'm just passing through." And I thought, "Messed up my thing." I listened yeah. to you. Don't ask as to where her furniture is. Uh, and and she said, "What do you mean? I'm passing through. I'm just traveling." And um, he said to her, "I'm also just passing through." You know, this world, you can't take uh, fancy furniture through. Trust me, I've buried unfortunately many people. Uh, they all get dressed the same in the funeral. Alex, you did Taras before? Once or twice? Howard? Do they, do they dress any differently when they're buried? No, they're all buried in white, in, white, in white garments. So, you know, to keep in perspective, when you're building a house, um, you, what your priorities are. And I mentioned personally, I can't, uh, when you, you know, the idea of it sitting there looking for weeks about what kind of faucet I want to buy, what kind of tiles are appealing really is such a, um, it's a, it's a loss of perspective. Now, I, well, we'll get to it, you know, we'll bash a little bit more about people who are too into uh, their temporal possessions. There is a place, of course, for um, things that are aesthetically pleasing to a person, uh, comforts which aid in a better person, but they're all there, all of that, that aspect is, it's a means to an end, it's not the end itself. If you have a, a, a luxurious house, You've not accomplished anything. If that luxurious house allows you to serve God better in a, in a, in a better fashion, if it aids in the betu in your service that you have 
more strength, more spiritual strength, more emotional strength, then of course there's a place for that. But if that is what you think your success is, to have gold faucets, or I heard this, some people have gold toilets even. Uh, what? Uh, the government does that. Well, the president has that. Shouldn't, shouldn't your goal to be like to have like a bigger, host, like bigger Shabbat dinner? Right, yeah, if, yeah, yeah. Like that. you said last week, like to have a specific spot in your house that you should study in. To study in and to have, have guests in. And if, to this and be honest, there are certain people that, it, that, that if they have a, a, a pleasing house, they're in a good mood. It's nothing, the point is, is it's when it's, this is your focus. If this is your focus, if this is your joy, if this is where you put all your eggs in your basket, right? you know, there are people who have not, uh, spend all their money in the house, they can't give charity. Which, so the house, the house does not, let me tell you something, let me be very frank. If you go to after 120 years, you have a beautiful house, that gives you nothing in the world to come. If you get charity, you have something in the world to come. Now, if that house, again, allows you to have a bigger family, allows you to have guests to do, to do allows you to, uh, to learn, right? If you have an extra bedroom, you have, you have a place to learn, it gives you more peace of mind. As I mentioned, that one of the three things that, that give a person uh, uh, an easy ability to focus on things is, is a nice house, because it allows you to focus on more spiritual things, allows you to host your children or grandchildren, your parents or your relatives. And that's obviously a plus, but it's not because it's an end. It's a means to an end, right? And what we're really focusing on is when you make this your end point, you're making a mistake in life. If you think you have a nice house, that nice house, it doesn't come with you. You know, I, I've said this before. I grew up in Miami Beach, uh, Florida, and Miami Beach has some... Honestly, in the Bay Area, you pay a lot of money for a house, but they're not nice houses necessarily. They're not ugly, Miami, let me tell, I'll take you on a tour of Miami Beach. Let, let me show you some nice homes with big pieces of land. Now, though, now today might be... One hurricane, they're gone. Uh, not really. Uh, <laughs> they, have good, they, they have pretty serious codes. And if you're insured, they just rebuild, you know. But, but you're right. There, of course, it could be, it, just to, to make your point, it could get flooded, it could get damaged. It, you can't take that with it. But like in Miami Beach, I remember people growing up and really not... You know, my neighborhood are nice. But you go five minutes from where I live... They're like real mansions. I'm talking about serious on the water mansions. In the Miami Beach, they cost $20, $25 million. Here, they cost $200 million. For that kind of, if that kind of house here, it would be like 200 I mean, it's like it, you couldn't even afford it. So these houses, and I knew kids who grew up in those houses. Not one of them were Orthodox Jews, Jews by the way. But actually, one of them was. But, uh, but you know, there were, there were many of them were Jews uh, from secular backgrounds. And I remember growing up with these kids. As we were kids, and, I had, and where, did, where was my interface with them? It wasn't in the basement address, unfortunately. It wasn't in the synagogues, unfortunately. It was on the basketball courts. We played in the same court, court, Musk Court, and the Musk family owns actually hotels in Miami Beach. It's a Jewish family. Now the most of the family lives in a little city called Aspen in Colorado, but they still have properties. So Musk Court, Musk Park was a park. It was named after Alexander Musk. They owned a hotel called the Fountain Blue. You ever see the Fountain Blue? Oh, yeah. That hotel's been in many movies. They own that hotel. Uh, so, and I played these guys, and I, they were not happy campers. They had, I'm sorry, they lived in huge houses, and, they, and they, a lot of these guys had Maseratis or Corvettes that were 16, 17 years old. Uh, it didn't make them happy in this world, because if all you think, if you think that a house is going to make you happy, you're living in La La Land, and they had no spiritual life. But feeling that, getting that the, even if they were happy, they, what, that is not an eternal happiness. So, if it's the, the, now, 
if you have a beautiful house, there are people I know who are, who are Orthodox, very observant Jews, have beautiful houses. If you, you know, you can go to my beach yourself. Go to Los Angeles, by the way. You will see Hancock Park. Wow. It, so and if you go there, if the house is who you are, that's a loss. If the house allows you to do Torah mitzvahs, allows you to focus on a thing, then it's fine. And we're not, not coming against, you don't have to be ascetic, but, but the, 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 the sad part is, is when the house is who you are. So you're not going to be buried. And even, listen to this, even the, the Talmud Yishami says, if you had two Chachamim, and they were walking along, and they saw a place of, now this was the Talmud Yishami, it was after the destruction of, of the second Mishnah of Mikdash, after the destruction of the temple, um, in general, in Israel, it was, there was mass issues because of all of the destruction. And they saw a place where there were really beautiful batiknesias, really beautiful shoals. The shoals were extraordinarily beautiful. Look how much money they went in the places. You don't have to pray. You don't have to build such a beautiful batiknesias. They could have supported... Um, um, other things. He says, Aren't uh, there Torah scholars you could have put some money into? What are they going to say to the day I didn't? Now, I wanted to say one thing. There are poor people, and there are poor people, at that time in Israel, there are poor people begging for bread. Now, you know, today, we're talking about a synagogue. Uh, the synagogue is a little bit different than it was then. It's clear that in the time of the Talmud Rishami, the base of Knesset, it was outside the city, right? It wasn't in the city. They would, wouldn't even learn there. They would only pray there, right? How do we know? Because the halachas in Meseches Megillah were different for a base of Knesset and a base of Medjish because all they would do is pray there. We had certain customs of you couldn't leave the guy there by himself for those who learned Dafiomi because it was outside in the fields. Um, you added, people added Baruch Hashem Vamein Vamein in there. But today, just, you know, just understand, a show today, it's not just, uh, it has multifunctional, well, actually people learn. But on top of that, you know, a show today is you're competing for people's minds and hearts. Right? Uh, you compete for people's minds and hearts, uh, and if it's not a nice show, people that won't go in there. That's just, even a mikvah today, if a mikvah is ugly, right, a girl is going to say, I'm not going. You think you ever say a beautiful mikvah before? It's like it's it's a, it's it's a new it's a new thing that a mikvah should be. Crown Heights. Uh, what? Mamish, mamish Jafar. Even the men's mikvah, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Amru So so but so just even as I mentioned, Mayor Shapiro. Anyone who saw that video, that we showed Mayor Shapiro, he made the yeshiva, the building, he put immense amounts of money in there because in Poland, if you have a Jew that's there, right? You have a Jew that's there. Um, uh, and the, the, the universities are beautiful and stunning. Right? The University of Lublin has a beautiful edifice, and the yeshiva is a, is a rinky old building. So how, how is the yeshiva students going to be? If a reformed temple, you know, not that we're competing with reformed temples, but if, you're, if, you're, if they're going to be exquisite and the basic classes is going to be a shack, obviously you, you, it, it's a different world today. But the point is, is still to keep priorities even in religious matters. Um, for Amrush Amaharetz, a man of the earth. Now, you know, what's an Amar? How would you translate an Amaharetz? An Egramis, you have a Jew who knows nothing about Judaism. Now, an Amaharetz was a Jew who's necessarily Orthodox, but really, you know, we, we could refer to him as an Egramis. He doesn't know the Talmud, he doesn't know Tanakh, 
you know, what's about Tinik Shemesh? What about a Jew who's secular because he never learned Aleph or Beis in school? You know, a Jew who did, but he doesn't spend his time learning. So it doesn't, it doesn't put any time into learning Orachayim like Daniel does over there. Right? It doesn't put any time... Huh? Every Tuesday. Every Tuesday, right. Um, doesn't put any time into that. Instead, what does he know? He knows you know, the stock market and only the stock market. Now, if you're in business, you should know the stock market. But all he knows is the stock market. He knows every pol- about everything about Bernie Sanders' terrible ideas, terrible ideas. Um, and he knows about other people's better ideas. Um, uh, Warren, so don't get me started, please. Uh, um, he knows about, um, he knows all about, uh, uh, I don't know, it's, it's, it's baseball season, right? The, the, the Stanley Cup is coming, right? Coming. coming up. February 2nd, Stanley Cup baseball season, right? That's, I'm joking, by the way, just in case, just, you know, in case you're into sports. So, yeah. okay. uh, uh, right? So, uh, so you know, you know, and he knows every commercial that's going to be shown on, on that day. He knows everything about it. But Torah, you know, that, 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 you know, he comes to show on Shabbos morning, makes a, uh, an honorary appearance, comes, you know, 10.30, you know, sits down for a few minutes, opens a sitter, and the rest of the week, you know, maybe he prays a few minutes here and there, but he doesn't know anything. So an Amma Aretz, by the way, the little le- translation is a man of the land. Al Shaisik, all of his life is, he knows everything about getting a mortgage, he knows everything about investing in the stock market. He knows everything about sports. He's well read about. He read. He, he, you know, he likes English literature, so he, he knows Chaucer and Shakespeare and Blake. Uh, you, know, you know, Milton. Uh, he, since since Paradise has been lost, that's all. That's all he is. Doesn't know anything about the God. Nothing about Gan Eden. In fact, this guy, this quote unquote Orthodox Jew, everything he knows about Gan Eden is from from from, from Milton. That's all. You know, pathetic. Uh, he's a man of the land. He knows, he, you know, if you have a conversation, he'll win every trivial pursuit game. <laughs> but he knows nothing about Torah. For a Torah scholar, what a waste of life. He, has nothing, he knows nothing about God's law, knows nothing about God's wisdom. Um, wasting all of his life on things which you can't take with you. Right? You can't take it with you. Now, of course, we live in this world, and in order to be successful in this world, you need a house, <laughs> you need possessions. That's how you live in this world. No one's telling you not to, to be a moron and not to. to, to but if that's what your, foot, your your heart and your soul is, every Sunday you're building a house, and every Sunday for months you're, you're worrying about paint and your bathroom has to have this paint, and you don't learn Torah because of that, and then you have a house. You got to maintain the house. Okay, I know people that memorize a sports section. Yeah. Huh? Manasha, I heard you. You know all about everyone's baseball average, the batting average, right? You know, yeah, yeah. I'm not worried about you. Uh, I don't even look at it. I believe you. I know my next door neighbor. That's all he does. It's like this sports all day. Stop the paper and give it to me. He said, "This sport I need." It. He gives the rest of the paper. He takes the sports section. Hey, right, person reads the comics all day. Archie Bunker, like what? Can you please explain to me when the world together get out Again, if you need a break for comics, something wrong with comics. Yeah. Nothing wrong with reading the comics, but you know, spend five minutes a year reading comics. You get your comic break. But one thing you have to mention. I'm impressed. I'm very impressed. I, I, I'm very, I'm very impressive. My sports knowledge and my comic knowledge would be very impressed, right? Just, just listen to me. I'll teach you all about sports and comics. Uh, but one thing you have to mention. Yes. People are a slave to the car and the house. 
$7,000 I have to pay for payment. Yeah, payment. I mentioned that part, right? Now I'm going to get into other topics over No, but, you know, seriously, the people, the, 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 the lives on things that you can't take with you. Yeah. They, they waste their life. They sit there, they waste their whole entire... Again, I'm not saying not to have... You can even have these things, if not, but it's not what you put your heart and your time and your energy into. Um, uh, uh, and then what happens is, you build the house, somebody else eventually lives there. Sometimes they're your loved ones, sometimes they're your enemies. Sometimes you, you die and your wife gets remarried, and you're, you're this, a new guy gets all the energy you put into the house. He's the one who walks into all the fruit of your labor. Uh, 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 you're sitting in the ground with nothing, a pauper. If you have any intelligence, if you're thinking about life, and you view life as this world, if you're smart enough to realize that if you live 80, 90, 100, 120 years, 120 years in this world, you should take advantage of this world, you should enjoy this world, but it's not forever. Right? You will spend your time you will invest in your future. You will think about, if you build a house, again, I, I, I'm not, no one's advocating to, if, you have, if God blesses you with wealth. So there's nothing wrong with building a house which you're comfortable in and you can enjoy, at, but it, you don't spend your time and energy and sometimes your money people put, you know, I, I actually, it's going back to Miami Beach, I remember Jews who literally had beautiful houses it was all their money. They put like everything into their houses and their cars and their shirts, and they had no they 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 had no time because they're constantly making money to support that lifestyle. So they couldn't get to minion, they couldn't get to prayer, they couldn't get they couldn't learn dafiomi, let alone something more than that. They had no real money for charity. So what do they have at the end? Do you think they were buried with Ralph Lauren? Ralph Lauren? You remember Ralph Lauren? Never heard of such a guy. You know, he used to have a donkey on the shirts, right? Uh, in the old days. Uh, uh, so, like, people would buy these shirts, you know, and, and uh, have cars. They, they, trust me, they had the cemeteries. I just went to visit my grandfather when I was in Florida a few months ago to his kever. Cemetery, nobody, there's no one, no one, no one, no one had Rolls Royce or Lexus buried there. There's no Ralph Lorenz buried in the cemetery. And if they are, by the way, they're all corroded and disgusting by now. Uh, there's no, there's no, there's no pools in there. You know, a lot of people put a lot of nice, actually Miami Beach pools like having, uh, I don't know, a mailbox. It's like everyone has a pool, but you know, it's like it doesn't get buried with you. It doesn't last with you. So if it helps you to be successful in this world, it, it then. But if you, that's all of your life, that's where you're putting all of your energy and time and money into. You're wasting your life. is especially if you're Jewish and you're living in Gentile lands. Okay, this is interesting, actually. She's yeah, this is already, uh, this is already, uh, you know, he says you should realize you should, it's already a, a very high level. Uh, I wouldn't rec- necessarily recommend this, although I appreciate the sentiment behind this. He says, we're going to the land of Israel anyways. Right. He's thinking about Shia. He's not talking about Aliyah. If you want to go to Aliyah also, yeah. you know, but if, actually, by the way, Yoni, if you want to make Aliyah today to buy a house in Israel, it's not so cheap, is it? No. It's never cheap. Uh, never cheap. So if you or if you rent here, you're never gonna get the house in Israel. Right? If, you, if you buy in Silicon Valley, if you buy in Silicon Valley, it's a one way street. It's one, it only goes up. If you buy a house here, it appreciates. So you'll be able to buy a house in, in, the, in the whole land. If you're renting, you you know squander your money. But the sentiment is for sure true. Uh, that, that you know we're not here forever. We were waiting for Mashiach. What are you building a house in in, in, in Miami Beach or San Jose or New York? 
that the goal is the Holy Land. The goal is Mashiach. You're sitting there, you're building a house like you're here for a million years. The goal is to be there, not here. Um, uh, uh, and then he, then he says the following thing. But if you're successful, and you have a lot of possessions, then it's actually smart to buy property and commercial property and residential property according to Hashem's Ba'azu. Why? Because the Gemara says that when you're investing, you should do what's the Gemara talking about? Do you remember what it says? When you're investing, what? Investing. How should you invest your money? Oh, in a certain percentage in um, real estate, certain amounts. Right, so the Gemara says you should be diversified. Yeah. One-third in real estate, mm-hmm. one-third in your actual business, uh-huh. and one-third in what you call cash reserves or, yeah. or, Liqu- or liquid assets. Liquid assets, things you, can, you, could, you could sell Turn quickly. Yeah. When you're doing accrual accounting, we have an expert accrual accountant, the treasurer of Yeshiva Preschool. What's, what's, what's liquid usually? Liquid cash? The bank. Uh, the bank or anything you can, anything you can, any, any, any money you can get within, I think it's within a year, right? It's usually accrual accounting, right? Yeah. Uh, it's with, with money you can, you can quickly, so it could be something which you could quickly get the cash for. Um, so that's the and therefore um, you can make money, and also you can use it to, to do to help people. You can help the poor. You can help scholars. Rule the Adam. You can even pick people who, who need the houses, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, and therefore a person could go ahead um, and do and do good deeds. Uh, you know, actually, when I was just in Chicago, you know, a, a, a wealthier family that I know, uh, they built a very nice house and they built a huge basement, three bedrooms down there, two like, bathrooms, very. Lo- and they said specifically they built this basement that they have guests all the time. They have guests, and they have like, their basement is literally like Avram and Sarah. They have people for every wedding, people for bar mitzvahs, people collecting charity, people who who, who, are, who their house is being tented. Shiran built a garage. They turned it into a whole area for people to be able to stay. That's an amazing thing. That's utilizing your house. I know, going back to Miami Beach, I know people in Miami Beach who have very nice homes, and they are always hosting charities in their house. People, yeshivas, they're collecting, and in, in a house like that, it, it's it's certainly helpful to do it. So uh, that person enjoys this world and benefits the next. So just to clarify, you know, you know, I, I, people today think that the Torah, you know, it's not saying that you should not um, appreciate if you have the wealth, if it's in your means. Obviously, if it's not in your means, don't be a fool. If it's in your means to enjoy. Uh, you, you, to enjoy it, you know, uh, whether it's to have extra bedrooms for your family uh, or to have a house that's a situation. But it's what, what's really important in life. It's like, you know, it's kind of like this, the fun thing. No, you know, I'm going to pick on Noah because you're new today. Uh, you know, it's going to work for Google. You know, you can work for Google uh, or, or Apple or Facebook, whatever it is. You know, if, if that's your life, if Google is your life and you get your, your high end of Google, then you're missing the board of life. If you work for Google, or even better, you get a good law job. I can talk about law, right? So, you know, if you're a partner in a law firm, and you know, Google is no hours compared to a law firm. A, law, a serious law firm, it's, it's literally heavy hours. You work for there, you make your, 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 your first year associate, you know, you make a, a good salary in a good a top law firm. If that's your life, if your life is billing hours to Google, if you're working in Wilson Sonsini, or it's a, a, every SEC trade, 
or, or you're doing Donald Trump's real estate acquisition or Michael Bloomberg's case, whatever it may be, your life is the law firm, your life is Google, then you're wasting your life. <laughs> That's not what life is about. Right? It, you, it, you know, if, if you forget about your family, I think it's pretty obvious to most people, you get divorced because of it, or you don't have a family because of it, or you have no time to have a family because of it, or you have a family, you never see your family because you're working in these firms, so you're missing the boats. Right? If, if you go to Google, even if you have a family, if you don't pray to God, you don't do charity, you don't do mitzvahs, you're missing the boat. If you work at Google or in a law firm, and you realize that that is not my life, just a way to make money to support things I need to in this world, right? And working in that firm is a great thing. It allows you to have a family. It allows you to give charity. It allows you to pray to God. Your house is the same thing. If all your house is is your life, you're missing the boat of life, right? If your car and your shirt and your house is all about that, that is not what life is about. If it allows you to build a family, if it allows you to give charity, if it gives you the ability to have strength to serve God, then that too is a great thing.